Hello, hello, and welcome to Rotary Youth Exchange Tips and Tricks. I'm your host, Maya, and today I'm super duper excited to be able to welcome Sarah onto the show. She is actually the Rotex president of District 5550 and lives in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. She's studying education at the University of Saskatchewan with a major in Indigenous Studies. Sarah actually just got accepted to go on an exchange to New Zealand in 2022, which is super exciting and is actually much more common than people think it is. Very few people just do one exchange. It often becomes a habit, and I know I can relate to that as well. So without further ado, please welcome Sarah. I really enjoyed this conversation just because of her unique outlook on exchange that I found I haven't heard from a lot of people. She really made her exchange her own in a way that not everyone is able to or does. So keep on listening. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, email us at any time at rotex5360 at gmail.com. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Hi there. Could you just give us a little bit of a picture of where you went exactly on your exchange? Yeah, sure thing. Um, So after high school, um, I'm from Prince Albert. So in August of 2018, after graduating, I hopped on a plane and I went to the Dutch part of Belgium. I went specifically in the province of Limburg and I stayed with three different host families and all those three different host families stayed in a different city or suburb in that area. So when I first landed, I was in my first host family in Kiewit, which is a little suburb um, little suburb town off of Hasselt, which is the, the capital city of that province. And then with my second host family, I was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it was a very small town, very small town. Um, and that was Grotrode. And then with my third, I was in Zonhoven, which is um, translated into English, it's Sunville. And so that's kind of, um, that's where I ended. And so I was in the Hasselt Genk area, if you look on a map, those are the two, the two big cities that I was in. And then so those were the three cities that I was living in. But then I also went to school in Genk. So four different cities is where I spent most of my time. Wow, that's a pretty diverse range of cities. Yeah, it was definitely, yeah, it's it's kind of complicated with mine, just the way that the host families worked and, and what school I ended up going to. It was a little bit all over the map. And then what were your expectations going into it all after going through all of your rotary training sessions and building up what you thought your exchange would be like? What were you picturing when you kind of first got there or just before you were about to leave? Yeah, so I found out about Rotary Exchange through RILA, um, which is the Rotary Youth Leadership Awards camp that Rotary puts on. And in my district, um, our camp is run by an amazing group of counselors. And most of those counselors become counselors right after exchange. Um, And so they come into camp, you know, we're learning about leadership, but then at the same time, you're hearing about these amazing presentations of kids that have actually gone away and and what they've taken from it. So um, hearing those people, like especially Isaac, um, he was my camp counselor that summer. And for the next three summers, um, we talked about exchange and his experiences in Belgium. And that's how I knew that Belgium was going to be my first uh, my first choice. I needed to go there. Um, And so hearing his stories were really helpful. 
And then through after talking with Rotarians and going through all the interview processes, doing the outbound orientation, um, I think we were all just really excited. We're all looking at exchange as this like amazing thing, which of course, you know, it is. It's very life changing. But yeah, there, this very like rose colored glasses view of what exchange was going to be. I think that was kind of my main idea. I think that's pretty accurately what I went into exchange with as well. I was I heard all these amazing stories. Nobody ever really talked about anything going super wrong necessarily. And I was really, really excited about all of the opportunity that I would have the whole year. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like because Rotarians and people that have gone, you know, they want you to get excited. They want you to see this as an amazing opportunity. But I think one thing that they do lack is kind of, you know, setting you up for some of the things that are, you know, that are going to go wrong and they're not going to go your way. And, you know, loneliness and, and being away from your family, homesickness, culture shock, you know, like these are some really big things. And and of course, they're addressed in the outbound orientation. But I think you're just so excited about learning you know, where you're going to go and how, okay, when, how long am I going to stay in which host family for what time? And, and you're just riddled with all this excitement that I don't think that there are warnings <laughs> about culture shock and language and, you know, all those harder things. I don't think they really stick with you. Exactly. I definitely, and ours came from a very superficial standpoint too. It was like, oh, some people in general get homesick. Exactly. We like, okay, cool. I can't relate to some people in general. So exactly. Okay, so then adding on to that, how did you feel when you first got there or for your first, I guess we usually call it the honeymoon period when you get there? Did you experience any culture shock initially or did you really enjoy it at first? Yeah, my honey. Oh, my gosh, that is such a good way of of explaining it. My honeymoon period. Oh, I feel like I was on a honeymoon with Belgium. I completely fell in love with that country. I had such an interesting start to my exchange. I think everybody, I mean, at least for me, like the first at least two weeks of your exchange in a different country are so vivid because, you know, up until that point, maybe you've only gone on like a two week vacation with your family. And so those two weeks, like you almost feel like you're living this dream and you're living this like this you're in this vacation paradise and all this stuff. And so I remember so many vivid memories of those two weeks and just being completely in love with who I was meeting and I was super chatty and I just wanted everybody to get to know me and I wanted people to I wanted to get to know people you know with with me it was a really cool experience because I was right by the Pickle Pop um, music festival grounds and so right in the heart and city of Kiewit which is this little suburb outside of Hasselt the Pickle Pop music festival happens if you guys look it up on Instagram Pickle Pop like it is this huge festival that happens in Belgium and so Half of the field is for tents and, you know, people that like even, you know, 16 to, you know, however old they're, they're staying there in tents with their friends. And then on the other side of the field are these huge, huge concert stages. And like, there were some really big names. And so, you know, I had no idea what Poco Pop was before I went, but um, my host family was literally like three doors down from this festival. And so music is blaring. Like, it was crazy. Um, I ended up actually having to go live with my counselors um, for the first couple days of of exchange because they were just so busy with um, the festival because the the people that the people that live on that street are also like food vendors. And so they sell food to these concert goers out of their, you know, their garage or their driveway type area. So, it was a crazy couple of weeks. Like I just booked, like I bought a ticket right then and there. Um, I got to see, oh, what was it? I think Kendrick Lamar um, was definitely one of the big ones. 
Um, Imagine Dragons, I got to see them as well. And I think Travis Scott was supposed to play, but didn't end up doing it. And then Dua Lipa as well. Like some of these huge names. I'm like, oh my goodness. And like the year after I left, Billie Eilish had come and played. And I was so, so upset. Like 28 days after I left the country, she was playing Three Doors Down from my first host family. So, you know, as far as introductions to a country goes, my introduction to Belgium was wild. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so unique. It's crazy. It's it's crazy. <laughs> so then as the year went on, did you find yourself comparing your own experience to other exchange students? And then you can kind of get into if you had a really good close group of exchange student friends or if you were kind of more friends with locals. And then as everything went on and you kind of got into more day-to-day life, do you feel like social media or exchange student meetups or anything amplified this comparison of yourself to others? Absolutely. So with Belgium, Belgium is a very interesting country because I think when I was presenting into my school, I was presenting to my the grade 12 class there, and I told them that 333 Belgians can fit into the size of Canada. And so when you think of that, Belgium is an extremely, extremely small country. It, you you might like think that it's a little bit bigger than it is, but you can go from, you know, the coast to as far as like Germany in three hours. And so when you're in this three hour, <laughs> that's such a Canadian thing to do is <laughs> define how kilometers by the time it takes you. Um, but, exactly. you know, three hours right like so how many exchange students can fit into this three hour long highway period right so we had more than 250 exchange students that were just with rotary in that small country and there was definitely more on the french side of things um there wasn't as many of us in the dutch side but with you know it being so small and being such a huge number we we met up constantly oh my goodness we met up constantly i think we had like two main really big events at least twice a week we would meet up on wednesdays because for some reason it's like i think that everybody should adopt this but wednesdays in belgium you only went for half days so you got the afternoon off in um in belgium on wednesdays so um, it was crazy. So we would meet up on Wednesday afternoons. We would um, meet up on Saturdays. And it was it was this amazing, amazing experience of just meeting so many different people. But then on the other side, you're also trying to connect and meet with people that are, you know, that are Dutch, that are Belgian, um, that go to your school and, you know, that are in your town. And so I think with Belgian exchange students, there's this really big decision that you have to make is, am I going to be a part of the exchange student, you know, culture and like little society, honestly, that we kind of create out in Belgium? Or am I going to be with the Dutch people and learn the language and make some friends at school? I think, you know, you don't want to choose, but I definitely felt like I needed to choose in some areas. Interesting. So if you don't mind me asking, what choice did you make? Yeah. Um, so with me, I definitely spent a lot of my time at the start with exchange students. Everybody's language is English and especially for like that was kind of the language that across the board we spoke with. We had our Spanish speaking and our Portuguese speaking and everybody would just kind of come together and speak English and all kind of be on the same line there. So it was nice that, you know, after hours and hours of you know, just be exhausting. Uh, it, it's honestly exhausting listening to Dutch or in any country 
when you go listening to their language and and using your brain in that way it's difficult right like i remember those first you know two or three months you're just exhausted like you want to you want to fall on your bed and sleep for 14 hours like i think that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize that when you're using your brain and learning a new language and you're immersing yourself in that language constantly it is it's honestly physically tiring so it was just so refreshing to be with those students and and speak english and you know not have to try not have to think about your words and just let that conversation flow but i honestly did meet some amazing people in my class oh my gosh since covid we have been talking constantly um i think covid honestly has brought us you know even closer together we we chat all the time and so for me it was i was very lucky that i kind of got the best of both worlds but i know that that's that's definitely not the case for a lot of exchange students in belgium that's amazing wow kudos to you yeah thank you and especially like having that close of contact with your friends still is definitely like with local friends i know is actually rare from what i've heard from exchange students for sure yeah, exactly. Um I think for me the reason why I lucked out so much with this is because with my school friends I was speaking English. And I know that that's definitely not how it's supposed to go, right? You're supposed to learn Dutch and you're supposed to learn um the Flemish dialect of that area. But for me it was it was incredibly hard and I you know I still I definitely do understand quite a lot of Dutch if I listen to videos that I've taken from that year um it's very easy to pick up the language or sometimes I'll even like in my head um say some things in Dutch and so there definitely is that knowledge that I did gain um but I was very far from fluent in Dutch um and so with those with those school friends I was speaking English to them and I think not having a language barrier like their english oh my goodness their english was amazing like they would be like oh my goodness i'm so sorry like my english isn't as good as yours and i'm like you haven't made one grammatical error in like 5 minutes like your english oh my gosh i couldn't even imagine trying to have communications and make real connections with those women in dutch and so it it just worked out for the best with me um my my exchange wasn't completely focused on the language like some others for me it was focused on the people and the people that i was meeting and those connections and how strong i can grow those connections and for me it just wasn't the language route that's a really good way of looking at it though cuz i feel like people who don't master the language are often shamed in kind of the general rotary exchange setting and realistically learning a language isn't for everyone so i like your idea of prioritizing different portions of the exchange and not just necessarily listening to the single route that everyone's supposed to take for their exchange exactly right like and you know of course you set out to want to learn that language to the best of your ability um it's not like i went in there being like i'm never going to learn dutch right like you know you always want to definitely be able to try and but with me my host family spoke very good english for the most part and um my friends at school were speaking english very well i remember um my grade 12 the grade 12 english teacher at that school <laughs> they were doing they were doing a unit on english speaking countries and there was a section on canada <laughs> and she just looked up at me and she's like I feel like I have no right to lecture on this because I know nothing. She's like do you want to teach the class? I was like heck yeah, I want to teach the class. So um <laughs> I was definitely used in English as like is this really true? Like does this actually happen? And it's like, you know, yes there's bagged milk in Ontario. No, that doesn't happen in Saskatchewan. Like yes we say a but not as much as you think. Like 
um, just kind of debunking those stereotypes. And so it was fun. Um, I really did love my school. Um, I had a uniform, actually, which is definitely not something that always happens in Belgium. I think, like, to my knowledge, um, Lyceum is the only school in Belgium, especially in the Dutch part, that has a uniform. So getting used to that alone was definitely interesting. But I loved there were so many different activities and events that that school did. And I just always tried to be a part of them. That's amazing. Your, your experience sounds so unique and so honestly, unlike anyone else's. And I love that about it. I love that you made it your own and did what you wanted with it. As your year went on, did you find your mood changed at all? And did any external factors like your schoolwork or your host families have any impact on your mood? Yeah, definitely. Um, so mood is a big thing, right? Like how how do you get yourself out of those bad moods? How do you let yourself just kind of sit in, in whatever feeling you're feeling, but also not let it um, take over your entire day? Um, I think for the first part of my exchange, I was very happy, just, you know, experience everything. Everything was new. Um, and I think when I moved to my second host family, and so that was about a week or two before Christmas, um, it was kind of a weird thing. Most people leave their their first family after Christmas, but I left it before. Um, I can't exactly tell you why. I'm not, I'm not honestly too sure, but I remember that there was definitely a reason for how it played out like that. But yeah, so I was with them. And my mood just, you know, January and February, um, it hits hard, right? Like you have less sunlight. Uh, seasonal depression is 100% a thing. The amount of sunlight and vitamin D that you're getting in your body totally affects your mood. And I definitely felt that in my second family. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And January and February are often hard times for a lot of exchange students. Yeah. And I mean, coming from Canada, like, <laughs> like our winters are, you know, our January and February is super cold, super dark. And not that theirs is very cold. I think it like snowed for the first time in maybe February and only lasted for like a day. Um, but yeah, those two months, I look on those as very, very dark times and very, very sad times. I just I completely felt alone. To be honest, there was a lot of times where I didn't feel comfortable or welcome in that house. And and that's tough to say, right? Like I think talking about the realities of exchange is really difficult because there is this pressure to have like this amazing, you know, Instagram version of what a year is supposed to be. And one of the big things to remember when you're talking about loneliness and you're talking about mental health is that sometimes it doesn't always manifest itself in these emotional traits, right? Like what you're feeling and if you're feeling you're feeling anxious and lonely and and depressed and super sad like that can definitely manifest itself into physical traits and it's really important to be aware of those um one of the reasons why i had such a horrible time those first those you know those two those two months january february um i was just feeling so anxious so unwelcome so uh, just I, I didn't fit in i didn't feel comfortable i didn't feel like this was my home um that was turning into not being able to keep any food down and it was a frustrating process and it was it was it was crazy to me because I didn't I, I wanted to keep my food down right like I they were cooking these good meals I wanted to keep that food in my body but my body did not want that food in me and I was so anxious um that was a big part of what happened during those two weeks um or sorry those two months I remember my counselor like my YEO type thing um she brought me like to a, like a really nice lunch one day during that time and as soon as I was done eating I could feel it in my stomach and I was like hey I have to go to the bathroom and I threw it all up and it's kind of scary to talk about and it was and it was scary for me because I was like if I tell anyone about this, 
they're going to think I have an eating disorder. Like they're going to think I'm anorexic or bulimic, like all of these terms that are like obviously very serious and they need to be taken serious. But for me, it wasn't that I wanted to throw up. Like I was just so, I was so, I was hurting. I was hurting so much emotionally that that was coming out in my physical body. And so getting through that itself was was huge for me um I learned what panic attacks were and I learned what like you know for me like when people talk about anxiety and people for me before going on exchange I always thought of anxiety as like being you know really nervous before a class presentation you know like I don't think that if you unless you have anxiety unless you've experienced some of these really serious and really big emotions um you don't know anything about it like I it was crazy to me um and that was hard because I was I was losing weight and every time somebody was like oh my gosh like you look so good you know inside me of course I wasn't gonna tell them but I was like yeah like I haven't ate in a a flipping week because I'm so stressed out at home somebody help me right and I think that's again I didn't I didn't call out for help Um, I didn't feel accepted um or at home or comfortable enough to voice that to my host family um I kind of I eventually realized like I need to be able to keep food in my system I'm I'm getting like physically just like tired when I'm at school um I kind of made up some vague experience or vague kind of reason why I needed to go to the doctor and the doctor helped me prescribe some kind of medication that was going to help the lining of my stomach not feel so um, agitated when food hit it. And so that did help me. I did, you know, seek a little bit of help, but if I had, if I had reached out to the Rotarians back home, like, um, you know, after the fact coming back, um, and helping with orientations for the inbounds as a Rotex now, I've had conversations with those Rotarians that sent me home and they were like, we knew something was up and we wish you'd told us, like we knew from the messages that like, you know, the emails that you have to send back home, that there was something amiss and I never told them. And they were like, I'm so sorry. Like we, you know, we would have helped and we would have done something. Maybe we would have even gotten you out of that second host family. Um, and so if something like that is happening, tell somebody, oh my gosh, tell somebody, um, tell somebody that can help, right? Like, cause my mom knew it was going on, but what is my mom gonna do? Um, tell a Rotarian, if you don't feel safe with your host family, tell your YEO, tell your host club or your club back at home. Um, mental health and anxiety and depression and loneliness, these are some really big things that can happen on exchange because you're learning about who you are. You're learning about so many different things and, and you're figuring out who you are for the first time in your life. And some of that's, it's not going to, it's not an easy process, right? Um, I'm all the better for it now. But when I was in it, when I was in the thick of it those two months, they were absolutely hell. Um, and so I don't say this to, you know, freak people out and, and deter them or deter them from going on exchange. But I think it, it, it also is really important to have a realistic view of what exchange can be. I 100% agree with that. Definitely reach out if anyone is ever feeling like they can't talk to their host family, talk to your counselor, your YEO, or contact Rotary back home. There's always someone. Rotary has a really good system in place that way that they, at least in most countries, make it that your host family is never the same person as your counselor, is never the same person as your YEO, and you have separate people to talk to. Um, but there's always options for that. 
uh, and just getting that communication out there and a couple of other things that I just kind of wanted to touch on was I had also heard about exchange students being stressed and losing their hair I hadn't ever heard of your particular situation but physical things like that that even the one girl I talked to who was losing her hair didn't feel necessarily that stressed out but the toll on her body of not living with her family for the whole year and she said that she outright enjoyed it but um coming home not having the same transportation options she had back in Europe had just taken a toll on her and she was losing hair because of it a lot of people gain weight some people a lot of people lose weight as well it is definitely a growth experience and a challenge for a lot of people and yeah you just have to remember that it is challenging going into it and you can get through that and obviously use all the support services that you have available to you and make exchange your own like I feel like you demonstrate exactly right like you should you know growth is a process and growth isn't easy. And I know for me, when I set out an exchange, I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to learn who I was. I wanted to learn who I was without my small town and without my family. Um, and and I knew that it was going to be this challenge, but I never expected some of the things like that that did happen. And to be aware of that, like you're going out on an exchange on your own and, and you're learning about yourself in ways that you're never going to learn about if you stay in your town or if you stay in your city and and stuff like that can happen and so and be ready for it be aware make sure that you have those support systems in place um and just yeah reach out if anything is happening that 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 shouldn't be happening right like if you're having a trouble if you're having a hard time reach out and get help yeah that's and i almost feel like i don't know if you got this but i feel like i almost subconsciously block out the bad moments from my exchange sometimes even when I'm talking to people when I'm thinking back to it myself when I'm sitting in class in Alberta going oh I wish I was in Switzerland right now it's almost like I even in my brain just forget about all of the bad days or all of the days that I went to school for eight hours um, and just like sat in physics class understanding Mm -hmm. nothing but it's kind of interesting how your brain does that and how I feel like from talking to other exchange students, how I feel like a lot of other people's brain does that in relation to exchange. You know, that's actually such a good a good explanation of it. I've talked to my mom about this so much. Our brain will, you know, to save itself and to protect itself, it will erase memories. If those memories are too traumatic and made you feel hurt and in pain and lonely and all these like big feelings, if to save yourself and to protect yourself from those memories, they'll just be completely erased from your brain. Sometimes I'll explain to a close friend like what all happened during those couple months. I'll in, you know, in the mid mid sentence, I'll be like, oh, I guess that did happen. And like that memory will just resurface. hundred percent. I agree with that. Your brain will erase the bad parts to protect itself yeah and then this next one's interesting um, and I feel like I should be asking more people this actually in relation to their exchange but did you feel like you spent more time feeling alone abroad than you would have if you had been in Canada for the whole year hmm I think you know so if you're looking at it from like a 
an obvious standpoint, no, like my physical inter my physical and, you know, in-person interactions with people didn't go down. I was, I was still living with a family. I was still going to school. Like, you know, it's not like when you think of lonely, some people think like, you, you know, you don't come out of your room for days on end and you don't see another human. Like, of course that didn't happen. Um, but I think the feeling of loneliness definitely intens intensifies um, when you're on exchange. Um, for me, it was, you know, a big part about leaving on exchange was finding yourself, right? Like that's, you know, every high schooler just, I want to find myself. And it sounds so cliche. Um, but I think one of the big things that exchange taught me that's kind of connected to that is how to be alone. And you learn on exchange how to be alone with yourself and how to be your, you know, be your own best friend, be your own family, um, be your own support system, because, you know, support systems aren't guaranteed. Um, of course, you know, there's definitely going to be some people in exchange where you're super close with them, but you got to be able to depend on yourself and count on yourself um, to bring yourself out of those moods to be your own life coach. Like there's so many vital lessons that will, you know, that exchange will teach you, even if, you know, say, even if you do have the off chance of having this horrible exchange, right? Like, God forbid, like, I hope you don't, but that is going to teach you something, right? Like going out on your own, going to a different country, learning a different language, being completely independent from everyone you've ever known and being a stranger. And how do you introduce yourself? And how do you come to those, those connections with those people? And and be the most authentic version of yourself. Um, I think sometimes I realized that the way that I had been portrayed in my, you know, my small town of Prince Albert wasn't completely and authentically who I was. And I think when I when I was able to go to Belgium and and you know create this new identity, but it wasn't a new identity. It was just a whole version of who I was. It, I was just so much more happy. Like I'm authentically myself. I'm learning how to be alone with myself. Um, and I think that's a really big part of like mental health and mental growth is learning how to be by yourself, learning how to be lonely, right? Yeah, for sure. That resilience factor. I completely agree, at least in my own experience and from what exchange taught me. So then I guess you pretty much touched on this, but you feel like then that exchange made you feel more comfortable being alone? Absolutely. You, you learn, you learn how to be alone. Right. And I think, and I think it's a learning practice. Like before I went on exchange, I didn't know how to be alone. If you're not with people for a certain amount of time and, you know, maybe you're all alone at home and and you get into bad moods, like you, you need to learn how to bring yourself out of that. But be learning how to be your own best friend and like not rely on anyone for anything. Like that sounds so, I don't know, but um, explaining it like that. But you really do. Like if you can, if you can rely on yourself to provide your happiness and to provide all these things that maybe you're looking to other people to provide to you. If you're doing that yourself, and you're intrinsically who you are, and you're, you know, you have this introspection and this reflection of who you are, and you know who you are. When you get to create those new friendships, they're adding to your life instead of being your life. And like, um, even when like when we think of like relationships as we grow up, like I need to find my my missing piece or my other half, and like sentences and phrases like that, it, they you know they kind of make us think that we're not whole on our own. And I think that's that's what I learned um, on exchange. It, it, that was kind of where the starting in the journey process started of how can I learn to be a whole person on my own started. And, you know, of course, I'm still growing and I'm still learning about what that means. Um, but absolutely, like learn, learn to be alone, learn and learn to be OK being alone. Like um, you're not always going to have this happy life. And 
And how do you make those, you know, those bad moments or those rough patches not as bad as they could be, I guess. Yeah, for sure. That was lovely. I loved that entire last two minutes of speech. Very poetic. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So did you, did your limited time frame on exchange, I know I definitely felt this, ever make you feel rushed or as if you had this certain amount of things to accomplish in this certain time frame and maybe did you feel any sense of failure if you didn't or did that stress you out towards the end? I think every exchange student (laughs) hopes and prays that their days will be like 12 hours longer, right? Like if my day (laughs) was 12 hours longer, um, I could do so much more, right? When I think about um, separating my time between exchange students and the friends that I had, you know, learned to know and love in my school, I think it would have been so much easier for me to balance those if I had more time, right? And so everybody wants more time. Of course you want more time. Um, I'd be able to be a part of the student body a little bit more um, instead of rushing off to being with exchange students and and feeling like you're almost cheating on two different friend groups, right? Like you feel guilty, like, oh, I should be with, I should be with them right now, but I'm having so much fun with these exchange students and, and vice versa for the, um, for the people at your school. So yeah, definitely time is time is everything and we always want more of it. That's true. Yeah, good point. So what were some things that you did when you felt lonely that helped you? There's no <laughs> there's no recipe or like right or wrong way of getting out of loneliness. For me, I definitely called my family a lot. I know a lot of Rotarians when they talk to you on the outbound orientation they're like no you should you know you should keep your your conversations with your family to a minimum you want to be able to be immersed in in this real new life and, and kind of leave them behind for a bit but but me and mom heard that on the orientation we looked at each other and we shook our heads um we knew that wasn't going to happen um and so I called her I called her a lot I called her like at least once a week sometimes even more during those harder times and so you know being with family and talking to family who you know love you and you know that those people accept you and you don't need to convince them to accept you right like sometimes I think it's hard with host families to feel accepted fully as a part of like a member of the family and and I hope that you know everybody listening and everybody that does go on exchange is completely and fully accepted and and loved by their exchange host families but sometimes that's not the case right and so to be reminded that you have family um, back home that love you and that accept you for who you are. Um, I think that's just a really good reminder. I agree. I agree. And I'm going to say again, like I respect your whole making your exchange your own thing so much because it's so easy to get almost guilted into following the exact rotary protocol, especially from your orientations and everything. And I love that you enjoyed your exchange. You did it the way that you wanted to and it worked out for you in the end that's just a really good example for everyone too yeah like, like when you when you go on those um outbound orientations like of course they have to you know they have to warn you about everything right like and it's definitely um a one size fits all type of orientation um but when you get out on exchange if something is not working for you or something works better change it right like you don't need to you don't need to keep to this 
this map of what an ideal exchange is, right? Like for me, of course, I would have loved to learn Dutch more. Um, I've I've listened to some of the people that you've interviewed and some of the students that you've talked to, and and they definitely took more um, initiative and and got farther in their language learning than I did. But for me, I realized that I wanted to be able to make connections with the people in my class. I wanted to actually make these people my friends and. And creating those connections for me personally was more important than learning a language that I honestly didn't see myself using. And and that's the route I took, right? And and being unapologetic about those choices, you know, do what works best for you. Don't feel guilty or embarrassed. Or if if you're not this, if your exchange isn't the ideal version of what an exchange should be, you know, good, right? Like make it your own, make it unique, um, make it an experience that you love. For sure. So I know we talked about a couple of the lows, but what were some of the highs? Oh, gosh. (laughs) How much time do we have? (laughs) Um, I had, you know, (laughs) like, of course, I've mentioned that, you know, January and February were extremely hard for me. Oh, my goodness. I don't think I left my house in all of January. I just stayed at the house. Like I other than other than school, like um, those were some really hard, some really hard times for me. And I think it's, you know, it's important to acknowledge those difficult times because I want to make sure students are ready for that. Like there are going to be some really hard times, but you know, if you had stayed home, there would be hard times. Like whether you're in Canada or India or Guatemala or, you know, in Belgium, you're going to have bad days and that's okay. Right. But there were so many good days. Oh my goodness. So the Pukle Pop um, festival, that was amazing. Loved that. Um, I remember when we all met, so all all of the exchange students meet for the first time. Um, we met August 24th, 2018. And oh gosh, two years ago, or three years ago almost, that's crazy. But like seeing 250 kids in rotary blazers in the center of Brussels, that was crazy. When I think of just my school friends and all of the different activities I did within the school, Belgium has this really cool tradition of Exmos. I know it's a bigger thing on the Dutch side than it is on the French side, but Exmos is super cool. Um, so in January, you celebrate the last 100 days of school. And so on day 100, you know, and then you start counting down until your your last day, you have these really big parties. And so this would have been so we're talking the Thursday night me and my friends get dressed up and the entire class goes out to um, a really fancy restaurant really fancy and and our teachers come too. like our teachers come there and eat a meal with us and we're laughing and we're drinking and it's so much fun and then after we're done that we walk across the street and we go to Valsis which is I think don't quote me but the 40th best nightclub in the world and we dance. Oh my gosh, we dance all night. Our teachers are there with us. Like it is such, that was one of the big things for me is like this culture shock of like going to a nightclub and dancing with your teachers. Like that is something that would not fly in Canada, like would not even, you know, you couldn't even imagine that. Right. But we danced all night. Like some of the guys, I know some of the girls kind of like went to bed at like 6am to like get a two hour nap. But some of the guys in my class, like, no, like, they went the whole, the whole night. It was crazy. And then so you go back home. Sometimes you sleep. Sometimes you don't. And you get into costumes. And so for me and my girls, we were, we were devils and angels. 
And that was that was kind of our costume. But some people, oh, what were some other costumes? There were so much. There was just so many. I can't even think. Um, but one of the big things about coming back to the school the next day is that the boys in the class will get the skirts, like an extra skirt from the girls. Because remember, we had a uniform at our school and the guys will wear the skirts all day. And it's just hilarious. I love that tradition. The guys are just like flaunting their skirts like they love it. They're all laughing. And then we play games all day. We play all these kind of like minute to win it games with each other in different classes. There's a play that happens in the afternoon that was totally in Dutch. So I truly could not tell you what it was about, but I could tell that they were making fun of the teachers. And so they were like, they were dressed up like certain teachers in the school and they were kind of impersonating them and making fun. And so there was a skit. And then the next night, the school hosts another dance. And the girls will put um, ribbons and bells and lights um, sewn into their skirts. And we dance again and we party again. Like it was a crazy 48 hour. Oh my gosh. Go to Exmos. Guys, go to Belgium. Go to the Dutch part. Get to celebrate Exmos. Um, I'm going to be a future teacher. I would love to do, you know, obviously within the confines of the Canadian school system, but do some kind of thing to celebrate Exmos. Um, I think it's such a cool, such a cool event. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, my my exchange was uh, definitely... Like, you just kept adding... No, I was going to say that you just kept adding more and more. I was like, hey, Exmos is done. Nope, there's more Exmos. No, Exmos, okay. go, it seems like it goes on for days. And then during the weekend, you just sleep. You sleep the entire weekend. It's crazy. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Okay, so then for our final question, do you have any tips for someone who feels like they're lonely or failing on exchange somehow and wasting this precious time being lonely? Um, I think I kind of touched on before the idea of like having this ideal exchange, right? Like um, if you look on people's Instagrams and see these amazing pictures that they're posting, that's great, but you're not also seeing the bad stuff, right? And you're not seeing the culture shock or, or the language barriers um, or any of that stuff. So I think it's important to remember that you're going to make, you know, there is no such thing as an ideal exchange. You're going to make your exchange how it is. Um, if you're going to be sad for a month, well, that's, you know, <laughs> look at me. That's, I was sad for two months. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> you know, get through those periods, feel those emotions, but don't, you know, don't push them away. Pushing, pushing bad emotions or um, sad emotions or, you know, all those stuff, that's not going to help you, you know, sit in that loneliness for a bit because that'll definitely teach you something. But also remind yourself of all these amazing people that love you, all these amazing experiences that you have yet to, to learn about and, and to experience. Yeah, just reminding yourself of, that there is no ideal exchange and that there are people that love you. Beautiful. I think that's a perfect way to end this. So thank you so much for being on the podcast, Sarah. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm.